Old John Brown's body lies moaning in the grave I'll weep the sons of bondage whom he ventured out to save And though he lost his life in his struggle to free the slaves His truth is marching on Alright, hi and welcome to a special episode on the Better Left Network uh, My name is Michael, I'm sitting here with uh, Shannon and Jazz from the John Brown Sorry, fuck, I already <laughs> fucked it up. Puget Sound, I, John Brown Gun Club. Thank you. It It's so close to PB&J, like it in is. its acronyms, <laughs> that, I don't know, it's stuck in my head. And I'm sitting here with a special co-host who can introduce himself. Okay, uh, I'm Brian. I'm from the Southeast Michigan People's Defense League. Awesome. Hi, Hello. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, a protest that happened at Seattle City Hall on January 5th for this episode, and we're going to be looking at two different the two different sides of that protest and counter protest. So it was January 5th, 2020, a cold, rainy day in Seattle, Washington. It was early. I mean, not really early, but it was early for me on a Sunday. It was 10:30. That's too early. <laughs> well, it was supposed to be later and it got moved up. So Oh yeah, to accommodate the football game. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. fascist yeah. desire to attend. The cops got there very early. <laughs> yes. Uh, but not as early as I did. So I spent my day very wet. <laughs> I headed up to Seattle City Hall where the Washington 3 percenters were holding a rally. And across the street, anti-fascist protesters were holding the counter-rally. The two opposing groups were protesting against each other, in theory. But this time, each side was armed. Had I chosen a really bad time to start my journey as a middle-aged activist? Maybe. Who knows? Before I start, I'd like to make one thing clear, that there are a lot of different groups on each side of the protest. Uh, on the fascist side, I'll mo mostly be focusing on the three percenters. And on the anti-fascist side, we're going to be talking about the Puget Sound John Brown Gun Club. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, I did try to cross over and get some audio content of three percent uh, rally, but I was not allowed to cross the street by the Seattle Police Department. Okay, so now let's begin to talk about who the three percenters are. The three percenters are literally armed force of the America's right wing movement. <laughs> When they show up to rallies and protests, they come with handguns, rifles, body armors, and so on and so forth. Sometimes weird swords. It's a very nice. eclectic <laughs> armament. Yeah. Is it is the guy who dresses up as a Roman centurion part of the three percenters? Because I've seen that guy. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> Have you really seen swords? Yes. This, the, this was actually the, the protest that you attended was the third in a series of events at Seattle City Hall. The first occurred in August of 2018, the second in December of 2018. And um, the December 2018 involved a panoply of crazy looking weapons from across the street so <laughs> there was like katana swords and trebuchets <laughs> i was like mm, i don't know if you really thought about this so much you but a knife to a gunfight <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was it was interesting um and certainly like you know bicycle helmets and just a very yeah, different <laughs> this year had some interesting flags, though. There was some yeah, there were some pretty great flags. Yeah. I also really enjoyed the Buick that couldn't parallel park. I don't know. That was literally, <laughs> flag guy? Yeah, flag guy. Yeah. There was a guy in a Buick who had a, he wore a suit that held five or six different flags. Uh, you know, like a Trump 2020, a thin blue line. At the center was an American flag. No step the on snake. No, don't, yeah, no snack. <laughs> don't step on snack. 
Um, but he was in this old like '90s Buick, and he had to parallel park in between a cop car and another car, and it took him 40 minutes. So there's a lot of my audio commentary of like, and he's still parking. He's yeah. still trying to park. I mean, it's it's tough to land your flag Buick behind the Sprinter van that's essentially the paddy wagon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and then he I got out, and he it. had like a five- or six-year-old daughter with him. And or just granddaughter, yeah. Was like, and oh. she got stuck holding the Women for Trump sign. It made flag. women great Gross. again is <laughs> what he made the child hold. That's disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I looked up his Facebook, and it's... Uh, very disappointing. That's very disappointing. I had encountered him once before when I had been in an event up north. Not a, like I'd been working, and there was a an event out outside a courthouse up north that was a um, anti ice event, and he was mm-hmm. there, and, and he was the only person who was across the street. And so I felt that necessary for my dogs and I to jump in and join the anti ice person. Like, hi, uh, <laughs> nice to meet you. Can I just like stand with you for a few minutes? <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, the three percenters were started by. Um, Michael Brian Vanderbo. I'm gonna guess that's how you pronounce his name. Mm. Uh, Brian, you, you gotta you gotta stab at that. I, I would I'm also gonna... say Vanderbo. Okay, cool. Because yeah. that's what we're going if you're with. Actually, Dutch. It might be like Vanderbo. <laughs> Um, but I'm not yeah. Dutch, so I'm not going to. So that. Screw that. <laughs> uh, he was a veteran of the '90s military uh, paramilitary movement, which, uh, and he was uh, based in Alabama. Uh, I don't know if how many people remember the 90s milita- mili- paramilitary militia, militia movement. Um, Ruby Ridge. Yeah, it's all, it, a, lo- it's, uh, a lot of uh, far-right folks were mobilized from uh, the handling of Ruby Ridge. And this, Vanderbro was, uh, Waco was his. I do have to uh, point out their roots and their reliance on the police. <laughs> yes. It's like. Come yeah. on, yeah. like, do you know your own history? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Well, and Some here's the other thing: most is, don't. <laughs> um, I would expect. You probably they, wouldn't have that Blue Lives Matter flag right. if you understood. <laughs> that the, yeah, that the ATF shot a woman holding a baby and a twelve-year-old. <laughs> yeah, and the guy walking his dog. Anti-government, sort of, sort of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and sort of uh, burned down a compound full of women and children. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, they don't know their history because the three percenters derive their name from a myth that three percent of American citizens uh, participated in the Revolutionary War. So their idea is that they uh, align themselves with this three percent of uh, revolutionary fighters because they're the few, the proud, the stupid who uh, who are fighting to maintain our rights. But that three percent uh, number is a complete lie right Ryan <laughs> yeah it's not supported by the historical evidence at all so. yeah Michael Vanderbro decided to uh, distance the uh, the militia movements from a neo-nazi image in the early 90s by taking his militia and going to the Mexican border in the early 2000s and patrolling it to stop uh, undocumented immigrants so that's cool. There's no way uh, is that mo- racially motivated at all, right? <laughs> There's a big difference between neo-Nazis and people who hate immigrants, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. Uh, in Venn diagrams only mostly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, in tw- 2013 and 2014, he emailed Connecticut State Police employees warning of a bloody of bloody scenarios if they tried to enforce new state gun control laws. That, of course, was after Newton, <laughs> when a bunch of children were shot. He also published the home addresses and phone numbers of state senators who had voted for the gun control measure. 
His rhetoric inspired a number of people to act, and, you know, not in a good way. A group of Georgia militiamen took his message to heart and planned attacks in several cities with the ricin toxin. Does anybody here, does that ricin, like, does anybody, <laughs> like, does that seem familiar to anyone? It's because uh, it was yeah. in Breaking Bad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I actually remember when it was a thing because I'm a middle-aged white lady, yep. so I, yeah. I remember the 90s because I was, you know kind of an adult in them right <laughs> old people yeah <laughs> I'm old. became an adult at the end of them and i also am old <laughs> so very old yeah. uh they they planned a bunch of attacks with ricin and they targeted uh democratic offices around the country the two members of this uh paramilitary group were found guilty for conspiring to make biological weapons in a sting operation and people this is in georgia where do you think the sting operation took place under a giant peach no <laughs> it was a waffle house <laughs> of, Which, course. of course of course <laughs> mikey v had a lot of great quotes um and here's one done in my worst alabama accent this is uh about the aca law the health care law carries a hard steel fist of government violence at the center if we refuse to obey we will be fined if we refuse to pay the fine, we will be in time jailed. If we refuse to report meekly to jail, we will be sent for by armed men. And if we refuse their violent invitation at the doorsteps of our own houses, we will be killed unless we kill them first. <laughs> <Da-da-da-da>. <laughs> <Da-da-da-da>. <laughs> Luckily, this sack of shit died in 2016. But his movement lives on, which is why there's a chapter of the three percenters in Washington. Their website says who they are is we uh, they are God fearing patriots that support our Constitution and promise to defend our country, community and families from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Long live the Republic. God bless America. What do they do? All, but you have to believe in our version of God. And our yes. version of America. <laughs> yes. And we, our version of domestic terrorism. Yes. yes. <laughs> we provide training on a wide range of topics. We support our veteran community. We support politicians and political parties that support and honor our Constitution. And we, we will double down on Washington's <laughs> worst politicians. <laughs> yeah. And we will become them. Well, I mean... Uh, it, uh, the the three percenters have a lot of anti homeless rhetoric, which oh, yeah. like seems contradictory to supporting veterans because there's you know a, right. a, a, yeah. Well, like, this is also again ridiculously nimby, you know, old guy on a yard, not here, boys, yeah. <laughs> and without a realistic viewpoint of who they who they proclaim to represent in Washington State. They're pretty heavily represented in Western Washington in the I-5 corridor. So what traditionally people think of as liberal Seattle and its, mm-hmm. its echelons. But we're also talking about a place that's very expensive to live, including right. areas that traditionally were more affordable, like mm-hmm. Tacoma. Yeah. And so yeah, the unhoused is a large group of people who've been priced out of the communities where they've lived for years. And so mm-hmm. one would think this would be a group that they had affinity towards veterans, people who are yeah, working, working class, class yeah. folks who've been priced out of where they live and can't afford to commute from Eatonville to their right. job. Yeah. So it's it, the anti the anti unhoused rhetoric is pretty anthemic to what they claim to be 
standing for. It's weird. They're morally inconsistent. <laughs> well, I mean, huh. they're not afraid of uh, using homeless vets to justify their uh, racism and xenophobia towards other groups. But when it comes to actually materially supporting them. Not so much. No. Yeah. Um, they have a big section of who they are not. We are not an anti-government militia group. We actually. They really do like to partner with law enforcement. Yeah, they really do. Actually, we are pro-government as long as that government follows the restrictions set forth in the Constitution. And protects us at our protests. (laughs) (laughs) And believes in our specific interpretation of the United States Constitution. We like the Second Amendment. (laughs) And we're not so big a fans of the 14th and the 1st if it we doesn't like half of the 1st as long as it's for us. Right. Yeah. yeah we're cool with the establishment of religion and free exercise Obviously. so long as it's our version of religion. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we're okay with free speech so long as you support what we're saying. Hey, you can be at least two kinds of Christian. <laughs> I mean, third if we start accepting the Catholics. Oh, I don't know. Mm. That's a little too. No, because yeah, that, that of might course, be too much for them. You know, they, yeah. they're ruled by a foreign leader, the Pope. <laughs> uh, they are not a tinfoil hat conspiracy group. They are inclusive. <laughs> oh boy! Can you really say that when you go on Infowars? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm gonna just say you know Matt Marshall, who's the local leader of um, the Washington Three Percent, went on Infowars and plugged his own school board campaign while on Infowars. So I'm gonna say if you are voluntarily going on Infowars, you really kind of see that we're not tinfoil hat ground. Yeah. Absolutely, I forgot that he was running for that he ran for school board for the school board that he he was elected for the Eatonville school board. He was elected. Mm -hmm. He was running against a woman who was appointed to the position, who had a foreign-sounding last name. Oh boy! And despite being Spicoli, you know, looking here like (laughs) Mullen, she was a military veteran, and so it was an odd choice to see, you know, again with what they say that they believe in that he was going to run against the military, the female military veteran, Mm -hmm. but. Just hope school board members don't actually have any power to do anything. I hope it's a real pain in his ass, right? It, it is one there where there's not much compensation for attending a lot of meetings. Yeah. So there is that. Yeah. Um, they are an inclusive group that welcomes all races, nationalities, religions, and lifestyle preferences. I think. What might they mean by that? I mean. I really feel like lifestyle preferences is doing a lot of work in that sentence. It's really carrying a lot of weight, and it's very carefully picked, right? Uh-huh. Yes, it is. Because oh, they're so I'm sorry, it just makes me so upset. Breathe and move on. Uh, we, if you are a Constitution supporting American patriot, we welcome you. Cool. <laughs> Super cool. In reality, the three percenters have provided securities for racist rallies. Like the one in Charlottesville in 2017. Mm -hmm. They've marched and protected Proud Boys, American Guard, Patriot Prayer members, and a whole host of other shitbags. Oh, recently they were at an event with people who were wearing Adam Waffen gear. So whether they're actually Adam Waffen members or not, they certainly believe in the siege mat. I've seen similar things in Southeast Michigan. For people who don't know who Adam Waffen is, would you mind explaining that? The deeply dangerous, deeply Nazi folks who were training for... uh, the Boogaloo. The Boogaloo. Yep. Charlie, uh, Charles Boogaloo. Manson's race war? Uh, yes. <laughs> Pretty much. So they, they unfortunately have support in Washington State through people like 
Representative Matt Shea, who's been censured by his own party uh, for his active support of domestic terrorism. Neo-Nazis. Yeah. These are the scary folks who have the potential to cause a lot of harm because they're more actively training. Their ideology is the most extreme right that you can get and are perfectly embracing of the history of Nazism and fascism right. and are fine with that. So, and, and to be clear, they have killed people. Yes. yes. They, yes. they, they five, are five people, I think so. Far. Yeah. So I have a rogues gallery of Nazis to keep them straight on my phone. Cause mm. they, the, who the Nazis are. Once you know that Nazis exist, you can't unsee that. Right. Yep. Yep. Like you yep. can go through life kind of knowing that there are people out there who believe in Nazi ideology, but that once you, become part of the anti-fascism, anti-Nazi world, and you see the degrees of Nazism, and you suddenly, yeah. so you suddenly have a rogues gallery on your phone that runs from like Hammerskin 38, hardcore <laughs> prison neo-Nazis who are traditional like Nazi folks of that lens. You have the groups like Proud Boys and mm. Patriot Prayer, and now the 3% who align with them, and then you have, you know, American Identity Movement, Identity Europa Nazis, yeah. and you have Adam Wolf and Nazis. Like, suddenly you're your knowledge of what a Nazi is becomes vast. Mm-hmm. And that's not something we want to have now. Like, <laughs> of, of space in my brain for things that are important. Obviously, knowing threats to our community is very important. But like, I'd rather not have to know that. You know. Well, like one of the one of the proud boys in our area uh, runs a fairly successful plumbing business. He's a plumber, and it could very oh, well be that. There. Yeah, I mean, it could very well be that a member of a marginalized community might hire his company, and then they've got a literal Nazi in their house. Well, we right? we created a kind of flyer last year that came to help identify the various Nazi groups in the greater Puget Sound area because, you know, we have partners who are probably more traditionally liberal and the educator class and mm-hmm. the politico class and helping them be aware of all the different threats. You know, so we've had these events where the 3% was very present and supporting these ultra right wing dangerous groups and making mm-hmm. sure that our partners who are less entrenched in the day-to-day understanding of who the bad guys are could recognize the difference between somebody wearing an Adam Waffen siege mask, yeah. very bad, very scary. Right, right. And scary. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, is that the skull? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the skull face covering mask. I always think when people embrace like, you know, skull masks, like, how do you tell, how do you, how do you feel that you're the good person in that well, situation? Well, I mean, it's I, like the Punisher things on, you know, on Thin Blue Line Punisher skulls. The Punisher right? would never be supporting cops. <laughs> Come on, people. Right. Oh. The creator of the Punisher came out and said that it's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. Uh, I, and also, you know what I don't want our cops to be? The Punisher. <laughs> no, they're missing the point. Yeah. yeah. No, so to give context to this, in the sense of like, hey, where do all these groups coalesce, and what is the three percent's role in that? Um, here in the King County Library System, they had Drag Queen Story Hour. Oh yeah. So. I was just yeah. gonna say that. Uh, oh. That's the, my next point. Can, is, can uh, I can I say one more thing about um, Adam Waffen before we move on? Sure. This sure. this has an Adam Waffen tie-in too. Okay. So okay. go. Yeah. So one of the other particularly terrifying things about Adam Waffen is that they have embraced this sort of ISIS-like stochastic terrorism model. So yeah. unlike some of these other groups like the Proud Boys, anytime they show up, they're in their their polos or their jackets. It's very easy to identify them. You might see an Adam Waffen siege mask, but you know their whole goal is sort of this lone wolf attacks. Yeah. Um, Which is yeah. the most dangerous. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So okay, the, that's it. <laughs> the three percenters have done uh, 
crappy things like they protested Syrian refugees in Idaho and they harassed children during a drag queen story hour in Renton. They participated in the harassment of children at drag queen story hours across King County. We oh. had a presence at uh, the Renton Library. It was ironically the King County Sheriff, uh, Sheriff Mitzi. Uh, <laughs> it was a, a day in which she was joining the left in the sense of, um, you know, he, we have families who are trying to take their kids to story hour. And, right. and the family, we're talking little, little kids. Yeah, yeah. Like, like three to five year olds. Right. right? And, and then you have the three pros providing security for groups that included people wearing siege masks. And yeah. at that point I'm like, bro, you can't really separate yourself. I, I, by the way, bro is a gender neutral term for me. It's like dude. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you have lost the ground of saying we're not Nazis mm-hmm. when you are providing security for literal oh, Nazis. Nazis. Yep. Yeah. And so for us, that was a very important event. You know, our membership is, is pretty diverse. We have a lot of parents. Mm-hmm. I'm a grandparent. We, you know, we range from people in their twenties to, our oldest member used to be in his late 60s. So, you know, we kind of have a, a pretty wide range. And to see the three pers standing up protecting people who are threatening children in our community, given what they self-describe, that yeah. what does that lifestyle statement mean if you're willing to stand up and protect people who are harassing children who are trying to go to a story hour that's about embracing diversity? Right, yeah. That's a free speech thing, right? And it's in the, Rumor has it. It's in the Constitution, that, right? That, that, like it, if you were to I think protect, it's somewhere near the Second Amendment. I think it's I'm, I'm so, yeah. Nearby, adjacent. Yeah. It's adjacent. It's, adjacent. Yeah. it's like the holster of the Second Amendment. Yeah. You know, to say that they're defending the Nazis' free speech and you know manipulate the Constitution. They've also showed up to guard the ICE facility in Tacoma, and most recently they've championed Washington's own shitbag, Matt Shea. We've talked about Matt Shea a little, and we'll cover him more in depth in another episode. But let's just say that he's a Washington State congressman from Spokane. Who the Spokane police have put out statements against. So when the Whoa. Spokane police turn on you as a, a Republican, you in trouble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't lick enough of that boot. <laughs> uh, his Wikipedia. And you know it's not a good sign when you're like a state congressperson who has uh, whose second line in your Wikipedia article is uh, this describes him as a Christian supremacist. <laughs> and in October 28th, he distributed a four-page manifesto which called for the killing of non-Christians ma- non-Christian males if a war to occur. Uh, and they didn't agree to follow fundamentalist Bible law. Hosting of base camps for Adam Waffen and other organizations, making them, giving them, spa- giving them guarantees of protection in the greater Spokane Valley to train their children. Are, are these camps the, the same ones that are self-described as hate camps? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. I hated camp, but that was because. <laughs> Not in that way. Because <laughs> <laughs> I uh, hate sleeping in bunk beds. Uh, With strangers. Yeah. yeah. Strangers. Oh. And the food was terrible. And the lake was full of leeches. At least there wasn't Nazis. And there were a bunch of Christians trying to make me become more Christian. Okay, so like, maybe. I just want to non- go fishing and play on the beach. I hate this camp. Maybe that was the starting point of Nazi. I don't know if we yeah. can say not Nazis. Yeah. Fair enough. Some of them, you never know. Shea uh, was referred to the FBI uh, uh, for he's under FBI investigation as a result of his um, distributing his hate manifesto. Uh, now, I think part of the rally on um, January 5th was to support Matt Shea yes. Yes. and to spread love, not hate, which they had a very wonderful uh, sparkle sign 
that said spread spread love, not hate. One thing I've got to say though, three percenters, if you're listening, the right wing, if you're listening, if you have the hey, sign, Matt. hey, we're up in your manchies. If you come to a protest with a sign, it needs to have at most ten words on it. There was, so, I was ch- yelling from across the street. Your font is too small. Your font is too small. They wrote. I up, had binoculars and I couldn't even read it. Yeah, it's like it, you're sending a simple, clear message. A paragraph is not a protest sign. In direct contrast to the anti-immigrant, anti-LGBTQ, anti-refugee, and pro-Christian supremacy, stood the Puget Sound John Brown Gun Club, which I've mentioned a few members here with with us. Uh, The John Brown Gun Club is named after, well, John Brown. And if you don't know who John Brown is, I'd suggest you listen to Robert Evans' episode uh, about him on his podcast, Behind the Bastards. It's a great episode that will go into way more detail than I will hear. And it's really funny and really great. Everyone should listen to Behind the Bastards. Uh, It's their Christmas episode where they do someone who isn't a bastard. (laughs) But quickly, John Brown was an abolitionist who advocated the armed insurrection in order to end slavery in the United States in the 1800s, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. made him, as Robert Evans says, the wokest man in the 1800s. <laughs> in October 1859, he and 19 men took a federal armory at Harper's Ferry in what, in what is now West Virginia in an attempt to start a slave rebellion. They, they were ultimately unsuccessful and got captured, and John was tried for treason and hung. And he was the first person in the United States history to be tried and hung for treason. But it was the good kind of treason. It's the yeah, good. It's the, the best, best kind of treason. Delicious treason. Uh, <laughs> but John Brown actually, and just two details that I really like is that he referred to black people as sir and madam, which was completely out of the norm. And just plain old normal anti-classism yeah. and respectful, right? Yeah, totally. It's, again, it, it it's shouldn't... It's like they're human beings. Shock it. Yeah. <laughs> it so radical. Super yeah. radical. Uh, in, Hang that dude. In, Jesus. In, in his church, there was uh, uh, all the black families had to sit in the back of the church. You know, it's like the you know Rosa Parks bus things, but mm-hmm. for God. Uh, <laughs> and in the middle of a sermon, he and his family, and remember, it was the 1800s, and I think he had like nine kids. Oh, so yeah. him and his his flock of family stand up mid sermon, walk back to to the African American benches, and say, "Excuse me, would you like to take my seat in the front?" He was in the front row. <laughs> I think you have a better view there, sir. <laughs> Escorted them to the front and then sat in the back. That that's awesome. That is so awesome. Um, anyway, John Brown's awesome. Go listen to that episode. Have a great time. It's a good primer on how to be an accomplice, not an ally. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> That's some really good terminology. I like that. Okay, so here we get to the part where we're going to talk about uh, the Puget Sound John Brown Gun Club. I would first like to you guys to shorten your name. <laughs> we, we go with John Brown locally. I mean, yeah. we're the only ones here. We, we do have a sister club in Willamette, the Willamette Valley John Brown Gun Club. So, yeah. uh, I would suggest Puget Brown Gun, because then you're <laughs> No, we're never leaving out the John Brown part. Yeah. We like to view ourselves as the most John Brown, John Brown Gun Club, yeah. so yeah. we're not dropping that part. How about Puget Brown John Gun? No, just go with John Brown. <laughs> just go with John Brown, and if we're in the greater Seattle area, we know you mean us, and yeah, if we're down in sure. Portland, you mean our, our Willamette Valley brethren. Yeah. The our club was founded when one of our found when our founding member went to the park and saw swastikas in the park where his kid plays. Mm. He's Jewish, oh. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this was in late 2016. The club he came from a background of activism, mm-hmm. uh, and it was a professional uh, union person. So. 
The club was organized and founded in 2017. Uh, I joined the club summer of 2018, became a full member end of 2018 and had been a, a member of the club for a full member of the club for over a year now. Okay. Uh, we are a diverse organization, uh, age range from, like I said, 20 to 60s. We have moms, we have grandmas, we have dads, we have uh, folks of all gender identity, of a variety of uh, background, you know, ranging from people who are students to people who are professors, doctors, lawyers, psychologists, psychologists, um, workers people who are in the trades so pretty pretty vast we have a couple professional union people <laughs> which is awesome because it's helpful to like organize with organizers we have had a dramatic uptick in the femme membership of our club in the last year which is awesome that's super great uh and we are we like to think of ourselves as a, as a big tent organization with respect to political ideology uh generally speaking our membership are leftists uh some folks are anarchists some folks are communists some folks are socialists some we in the past we've had a libertarian member you know mm-hmm. we've kind of a broad broad tent politically uh but generally share the values of pro-worker pro-immigrant uh anti-capitalism anti-racism anti-patriarchy anti-sexism anti-semitism mm-hmm. Yeah. Seems like you guys are against a lot of things. <laughs> well, we're against a lot of bad things and yeah. for a lot of good things. But we are pro-gun, which probably yeah. sets us apart from many of the people who are in the space that we are, right? Because yeah. typically speaking, those viewpoints of inclusiveness with respect to religion, politics, sexual orientation, gender identity uh, are not found with gun ownership. And so yeah. that's kind of what sets us apart. One of the things that sets us apart from an or- as an organization that we are lucky to – we're part of the um, – West Coast Community Defense League. We are we have other organizations that we partner with who also share belief in firearms who are on mm-hmm. the left. Mm-hmm. Sylvia Rivera Gun Club, you know, folks like that. But we exist to provide community defense and training and mutual aid in the communities that we're in and to provide an opportunity for people who are speaking up against the things that we're against uh, to do so safely, Mm -hmm. recognizing that oftentimes it's law enforcement who's protecting the rights of those on the far right and escorting them into uh, events. And, you know, the protests that we're going to talk about, some of the things that we saw, you know, we saw an elderly lady get beat down by a cop. So that's problematic. And so we're there to make sure that people are able to express their viewpoint safely. So the event you're talking about last week was hosted by Community and Labor Against Fascism, CLAF. So close to CAF. Right. (laughs) Because there's owls, organized worker... Yeah, the, the, so it's an it's something because right? I was like, if you had calves and owls, how can you We've be got against claws? Would be a good one. Community mm-hmm. labor against white supremacy, but you know. yeah, fascism's <laughs> broader than white supremacy. Yep. So true, 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 true. And true. we didn't take the time to join these organizations so we could have <laughs> make them have sweet acronyms. <laughs> so it's a, so it's an, that is also an umbrella coalition of folks yeah. who are community based organizations yeah, or labor organizations involved. Yeah. Uh, we're one of the organizations that help found CLAF, so okay. uh, we're we're one of the members of the coalition, and mm-hmm. we are longstanding partners with them. And like I said, they've been having these events uh, to counter the events of the Proud Boys and the Three Percenters going back several years now. 
Mm-hmm. And so our our association and affiliation with them goes back several years. We have members who uh, are representatives to CLAF. Currently, Jazz is excellent. Jazz <laughs> spends spends a time going to the CLAF meetings. I attended the CLAF meetings, planning out for the January fifth event, and helped uh, organize mm-hmm. security for the event. Okay, excellent. So we're because we're we're a public facing organization. Right, yeah. we're not ever going to be masked up. We are above grounds. We uh, follow the law. Uh, we are that's, sorry. That's one thing that I didn't put in the three per, percenter bit. They actively break the law. Connecticut passed a high capacity um, magazine magazine bag. restriction, and they literally bought high capacity magazines and sent them in the mail to members in Connecticut. Which, like, okay, like I don't want to get into the gun control debate, but like, if you're, it's to oppress minority communities. Yeah, yep. uh, yeah, no, totally, hundred yeah. uh, <laughs> percent. But still, but like, like it's not the law. Like, I don't think you guys would open carry if you didn't. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you can open carry in Washington if you have a concealed carry permit. You can open carry in Washington. Period. Oh, you can just open, yeah. open carry in, in public spaces in public and in places. Pla- places where there's not been a restriction with respect to carry access. Right. So okay. you can conceal carry with a permit, but yeah. Washington's an open carry state, and like, so I believe they're having the three percenters are having an event either this weekend or next weekend where they're having like the sheriff who flat out refused to implement. Washington's new uh, gun control restrictions. Do we as an organization believe in those? No. But are we going to buck up and get our stupid boxes and lock up our guns? Yeah, because, you know, I prefer not to be arrested for something stupid. And I never, I try to, like, one of my jobs is, as we were leaving the event, I was like, and nobody's jaywalking. Because we did not go through all of this to get arrested for for jaywalking. Yeah, Yeah, I think we, as leftists, have to recognize that we are much more likely going to be the targets of these kinds of laws. Absolutely. Whereas folks like the three percenters can get away with more or less doing what they Specifically want. Specifically talking about jaywalking, when the police the the police line was holding the counter protest in, they allowed three percenters to jaywalk and come and like stand behind the police and like take pictures and scream Absolutely. at us and whatever. Yeah, so it's so frustrating. I was so like I'm I'm new I'm new to this guys. Like well, well, I protested well. in college and then you know I became an old middle class white guy. <laughs> so, so welcome back to the yeah. land of protest <laughs> as a middle aged person. Oh, it's so frustrating to see. Like yeah. step up from this year this step up this year as opposed to last year is last year we got put in our very own pen. Oh yeah. Well, so, this okay, year so they I, saved I our, come... they saved our they gave our pen to the block. So yeah. we got to have a corner without pen, which was nice. But yeah. inevitably they always spend far more time and attention looking at us instead of looking behind looking at where the problem and the threat is. Yeah. See the same thing in Detroit. Every it's, time it's, we protest, it's frustrating. I come from a production background where we deal with, you know, managing large crowds. Right, like you go to a concert, there's twenty thousand people. There has to be some thought put into how you get people to not go where they're not supposed to go, like and not stampede and, and not stampede people. and kill people. <laughs> blah 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 blah. You mean you think throwing bikes at people, shouting "move back" is a good strategy? No, no. You know what's really a good strategy? Bicycle barricade. Yeah, bicycle was, barricade is super cheap, and they had it there. That was the frustrating thing. Like. You put bicycle barricade and you put a cop every 10 to 20 feet just to remind people that they're not supposed to walk in the street. And that's all that needs to be done. But instead. No, we need 300 police officers. I legitimately counted 75. Oh, well, that's an underestimate. Some of them were like tucked up back in the parking lot behind us, underneath the parking lot behind us. I would say there was about 150 just bicycle police. And that was based on seeing them truck in the bikes earlier in the morning. Yeah. But the irony is, like, a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was December, they had wailed on and arrested a protester when an officer tripped over his own bike. And I saw uh, one, they arrested and wailed on a protester when a cop on a bike ran into him. Right. So it's just like, like into their back. Like, they're walking, 
like walking in the same direction that the bike is going. The the cop hit him in the back with his bike. The guy turned around and gets immediately arrested. Well, here well, okay. January 5th, um, there was a cop that had his bike on a kickstand and it fell over. And I was scared he was going to start beating someone up because, mm-hmm. I mean, like. Because someone assaulted his yeah. bicycle. Gravity <laughs> assaulted his Gravity bicycle. Gravity assaulted his bicycle. So what I find really frustrating, again, like I come from a production background and I uh, work with a lot of EDM uh, festivals where we are required. <laughs> yeah, where we are required by um, by the Rave Act. Thank you, fucking Joe Biden. Don't get me started. Gross Joe Biden. Do, not, <laughs> do not get me started. The Rave Act, basically, WAMU can be considered a crack house. Uh, and torn down because of the rave act. If they Good find anybody right. doing drugs inside of it, so let me get off. Reel it back in. Reel it back in. Reel it back in. Reel it back in. Steps down. We are requ- uh, the production is required to pay those police officers for their time. Right, and I don't the think they sent the bill to the three first. I don't Somehow. think so yeah. either. <laughs> and I would and I, guess that that was a good two hundred thousand dollars worth of overtime, given easy, not just the st- not just the street officers that were there, but the lieutenants and the sergeants, and that the presence started. Right, and all the. Paperwork to get those cops there, you know, right. like all the logistic work. Even the King County Sheriff had, you know, snipers on the roof of the jail down the street, yeah. and so it was multi-jurisdictional. I saw somebody who had a Bellevue jacket on, so they yeah. they were bringing in people yeah. from other jurisdictions, which is in the long history of Seattle and protests. If you go back to 20 years ago to the WTO protest, mm. one of the reasons that went south is the initial plan was that Seattle police had undergone training to handle it, and the plan was that other agencies would come in and backfill for SPD and work the precincts and SPD would handle downtown but on the day of it fell apart and they brought in the people from other agencies downtown yeah. and those are the people who engaged in some of the more egregious yeah. uh, my viol- wife was shot by a rubber bullet oh, that day because uh, they declared you know like a curfew. martial law they, martial, martial law. law they declared martial and law and a curfew she worked until 10 o'clock so when she left her work she was violating the martial law and then her way to her car with her keys in her hands she was shot in the leg with rubber yeah. bullets so whenever I see a lar- any sort of large scale police presence in Seattle and I see obviously people who are not from Seattle Police Department to me that immediately triggers my in the sense of like my history of Seattle yeah. my history of protests in Seattle and that that it means that it's people who have not all been consistently trained which yeah. it means you yeah. know danger to people who danger to the public like mm-hmm. you know one of the common refrains you heard last Sunday was who do you protect who do you serve and that typically happened after counter protest or county rally members or even just like the senior citizen anti-Trump anti-Pence person woman who was probably in her 70s got knocked to the ground by the cops Mm -hmm. so like who do you protect who do you serve well they don't protect and serve the community that I'm a part of and so that's the purpose of our club is to Mm -hmm. provide that community defense and security for people who are not getting the protection from law enforcement and so we have participated in these events open carry open carry full kit meaning people are wearing body armor plate carriers with armor carrying long guns and are in kind of tactical planned positions with distinct roles. So one of the benefits of of having us at an event, and we come to events when we're invited. We don't like just roll in and randomly. <laughs> yeah. Though I will say we have. I hear res- there's some puppy training down at Petco that needs security. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned the Chad presence at the ICE facility in Tacoma. Organizationally, there are times mm-hmm. when we responded to that because we felt that we needed to be a presence there to basically pull away the attention from the the protesters who who'd been there, and also to allow mm-hmm. families the safety to visit their loved ones. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd yeah. say that's one of the times where we've been reactionary, where we didn't get an advanced invitation but we showed up and that led to formal invitations moving forward do, do you think it's I think there, there might be an importance to visibility of an armed left like yeah absolutely yeah. It, I mean to quote one of our members uh, 
they don't do shit when we're there. Yeah. Right. Like there, there's a difference when when we're present. No, that the right doesn't do shit. Right. Because they know that there are people who are there who are trained to know what they're doing, who are intentionally there for a purpose. And yeah. even law enforcement kind of, yeah, we, they, they knew we were coming. We always have somebody who's acting as in a liaison role with law enforcement. Yeah. And we tell them in advance, FYI, in a few minutes, you're going to see about 30 people come up the hill in full kit with long guns. And sometimes they're like, ooh, I like that good. Yeah. Like, yeah. We've, we've had that happen more that than once. Like, <laughs> right. One of our members last year, or the protest, like, he, like a cop had been eyeing him for a really long time. And he was like, what's going on here? And the guy's like, hey, I really like your gun. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's this weird space that we occupy where, mm-hmm. to some degree, law enforcement, has, at least the Seattle Police Department, and to some degree, the Tacoma and Olympia Police Department have experienced us before. And so they they know that we're not dangerous folks that we're we're there for a specific purpose. We also are very intentional in how we carry, right? We yeah. don't, we don't have our fingers at the trigger. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, little, little things like that. Little things, little things. And you know, we're very intentional about how we carry and hold. And right, right. you know, not, not muzzle sweeping the crowd. <laughs> it's a shocking idea. Right. Not carrying, right. not having katana swords coming out the back of our kids. So come on, that'd be awesome though. So I mean, to some degree, there's a recognition that of, of who we are as an organization, do, and that do you we feel you have to be like more responsible than the chuds on the other side i think we're like, more responsible just simply by our our belief system and who we yeah. are and what are because our purpose is community defense right yeah. so i i think we're responsible to the community like i want to demonstrate to the community particularly in 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 liberal seattle that people mm-hmm. can on the left can own guns can be responsible can keep you safe without it being perceived as a threat to you and your yeah. own safety yeah. it could be so a good thing <laughs> my that- responsibility isn't really to the right my responsibility is to the community and yeah. to show them that gun ownership isn't necessarily what they think of right because right. you're, mm-hmm. you're talking to two, two women today from a left-wing gun club and mm-hmm. i don't think when people hear the words left-wing gun club they think you know grandma and young gal in her 20s yeah. like they yeah. don't we're not necessarily who you think of but no we're, neither of you have beards <laughs> uh, we don't have yes. a beard requirement in yes. our we don't have a beard requirement in our organization but we have some people who have glorious beards and, oh, yeah. and just, despite my beard we also do not have a beard requirement <laughs> so I think it's important I think it's also and, important for people the community to see who we yeah. are as a club right we have yeah. people of color we have people of various different gender identities like it's important mm-hmm. to see we are you yeah. like I'm a firm believer in the statement we keep us safe yeah this, this was demonstrated, though, the importance of uh, showing that we are able to carry guns responsibly and we're not intimidating uh, after when there was some blowback by uh, people who attended the event. And the liberal lady who was like, I'm going to leave now because you have guns and I don't feel safe. And made a very public Facebook post about how this doesn't represent the movement and uh, characterized our group as all a bunch of uh, macho white men. And and actually posted a picture that had a woman of color in the center (laughs) with another with another person who who identifies as they them, but is feminine looking and me. I'm like, lady. That's amazing. I mean, first off, you pick you pick like two of these ladies like I have a kid who's in his 20s her kids are in high school i think that you have mistaken who the young man's swagger is i mean sure she is fucking hot and a badass and looks great carrying so and she's got some swagger to her but if you're assuming that she's a young man you're just blind yeah Yeah. well and it's funny because uh there was a little bit of support from other 
liberal, mostly older people. Uh, Who were not actually at the event. Yeah, um, huh. and, and there was a lot of support for us as well, where people said, no, I feel safer. I, I yeah. want them here. They were invited, which we were. We were invited by the organizers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and funnily enough, uh, somebody who was at the 3% rally who tried to infiltrate our side of the protests commented saying those commies blocked, got their guns and blocked us on the sidewalk. And she at first was like, I wasn't aware of this. And then I pointed out, well, you know, this is one of the uh, 3% protesters who was carrying a MAGA flag who tried to walk in. So. <laughs> That was one thing that I thought was really, um, really interesting at the at the protest. There was there was definitely moments that were very tense, which I wasn't really expecting. Um, See, for me, it felt super chill. But maybe okay. that's in contra- in contrast to past events. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Because so last year at the same sim- at the December event, after the event was over, Joey Gibson and his a proud boy crew circled back around and tried to come up on the cloth protesters from behind as we were escorting them to transit. And so that was probably a more heightened event because we had these, you know, random known bad actors whose literal yeah. or uh, the reason for existing is to start fights. Yep. Like they're yeah. a fighting club. They're, yep. They they don't pretend anything else was. And at this point we're now trying to get the senior citizen lefties across the street. Right. right. right? And so, and we handled it well. We, we, you know, like one of our members, just kind of stood there and stared Joey Gibson down and nodded at him, which like totally fucked with him. Like yep. he's like, "What's that nod about?" And like, well, while you're nodding, we're getting the old yeah. people across the street. Yeah. And then afterwards, when we had gotten everybody across the street into transportation, mm-hmm. one of our members like, "Okay, the shit's done. We, you can go now." And they left. And then the guy turned around and shouted back, "You're not my dad." <laughs> <laughs> so this has become an internal joke. You're not my dad. <laughs> I'm like, right, but we told you the shit was done and you left, so I guess we kind of are your dad. Are your dad? <laughs> so to yeah. me, like, this year felt pretty well, calm, the, um, and, like, we've had some other events that have been heightened, especially down at the detention yeah. center or yeah. whatever ice processing facility, whatever they're calling yeah. it these days. So, I mean, it, it felt, it. I don't, you know, my bigger concern was how the Seattle Police Department reacted that, that's to... That's where I felt the tension was coming from. It was always a oh, yeah, uh, uh, police reaction, and a lot of times they the police i should say clearly were allowing the fascist side of the protest to come over and infiltrate yes and okay. infiltrates a hoity-toity word for come over and try to start shit well, uh, whereas like the, literally when i was like i want to go over there and talk to some of those people they wouldn't let me cross the right and they were right. that we we knew that there are people within the crowd who are pro- posing as journalists or who might actually you know provocateurs of the Andy yeah. no grifter type uh, who were uh, over across oh and and we last year we had had an, an incident with Andy so that was one of the reasons why this year felt super calm to me as compared yeah. to last year yeah. he had like come last year we were in pens like yeah it was annoying and the Seattle Police Department had set the ground rules of you're here they're there and we had had an organized and intentional walkover where a, a group of our membership went over and met with a group of three percenters. And that was a planned, intentional thing. Mm. Seattle police knew we were doing it. Part of it was an effort to show that these two groups could exist safely in the same space. Yeah, yeah. And we're to, s- we're yeah. To, to, to ratchet down the time, place, and manner restrictions, I'm going to go First Amendment wonk for a second. Excellent. That puts us on these in these stupid pens, right? Like, if yeah. we can have an armed cadre go and have a tete-a-tete and talk with them, and we did, then perhaps you don't need to be so virulent about 
separating space. Mm-hmm. And after that, Andy No, provocateur extraordinaire, wanted to come into our pen. And uh, one of our members was like, I don't think that's a really great idea. Yeah. Now, obviously, <laughs> the Seattle Police Department, not us, not CLAF, identify what they're going to allow and not allow. And in that case, they decided that his presence there was, uh, posed a clear and present danger under mm-hmm. Brandenburg versus Ohio and bounced him from the area, which he then obviously took to Twitter saying it was us. And right. I'm like, oh, I'd love to have that and power. no lies <laughs> on Twitter? Whoa, 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 whoa. He's not a truthful journalist like me? Andy No publishes Kill Us for Adam Wolf and it is a danger to our community. Have you ever faced any retaliation from the right? Like it's, I mean, I think the big fear I had uh, in inviting you here is putting you in some sort of danger. Like, because of course, like this is a stupid podcast that's going to go out to a couple thousand people, maybe, you know, like ruining people's lives. Is, 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 this is not that important, you know? So, yeah. yes. So we had participated in Kamel Bell's United States of America, which is a right. show on CNN yeah. and an episode called Not All White People. <laughs> and Kamel came with us to protest down in Tacoma against a literal Nazi tattoo parlor. Right. And our membership was interviewed. And we also met with um, the national founder of Black Lives Matter. Mm. And that kind of put some national attention on us. And it caused for local American identity movement slash Identity Europa, also Nazis responsible for killing people, attention. And they came to one of our public trainings because we also provide firearms training for community members, right? Because traditionally that's a space. Firearms access and firearms training is typically reserved for the NRA and the right. And there are not a lot of spaces where you can get common sense instruction about gun ownership and and just firearms usage and knowledge of firearms in a non-terrible space. So we provide that. Uh, One of the reasons why we were doing the training that day is that these Nazis were living in a neighborhood here in Seattle that's a very diverse neighborhood. And there had been a lot of discussion among that neighborhood and the community about what to do with that situation. Mm -hmm. And so they crashed our training. And Mm -hmm. they took down license plates, numbers of, of members who came to support the the members who were there at the training and then somehow had somebody run license plates to get addresses and then pursued anti-stalking orders against one of our members and his wife and then like tried to break into her elementary school where she's a kindergarten teacher to serve her with an order that had been denied wow. uh, and they were getting you know the drive-bys from the Nazis and the yeah, general creepernish yeah. and so, yes, one of our members also has one of the Lake Stevens Proud Boys has become deeply fascinated with her and has published her address online and photos of her mailbox. He was that January 6th. Yeah, he, he was, was there. Yeah, he's one of the Boeing Nazis. Yeah, right. It just is. So, um, yeah, so we, we have had members face yeah. that. And so that's always a discussion that we have as a membership is, you know, how do we keep us safe yeah. and still accomplish our mission of being above ground and public facing, right? We're not yeah. running away from the media. We did... CNN, we've we've yeah. had Kim Kelly from Teen Vogue and other places, phenomenal writer. Teen uh, Vogue. <laughs> Kim's a badass. Teen Teen Vogue is a badass. Yeah. Dude, like, Teen Vogue's so woke. It's amazing. It's oh, phenomenal. Yeah. So like, hope for the future. She embedded with us at uh, providing security at, at Trans Pride here in mm-hmm. Seattle last summer. So we've not run away from it, and but at the same time, we also have to balance it out with how do we keep our membership safe. And so yeah. that's that's a constant discussion, right? We have the same sort of things. We have a, face a lot of proud boy harassment in the Detroit area. There were several pictures taken 
by the right and strange video actually taken of us and some people that this man thought were members of our club at January 5th. And I thought they, they thought we had some interesting undercovers. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I saw that poster like, oh, we found your undercovers. Like, <laughs> uh, no, we were in fact, this was an entirely <laughs> branded event. So <laughs> even our probationary members were wearing things that identified them as members of John Brown. So and they had a 10 foot <laughs> banner. Right? Yeah, like, we don't really hide who we are. Like, I'm usually dressed, but you know, obviously you get, listeners yeah. can't see me. My biggest weapon in all of this is my general banal middle-aged white ladiness, <laughs> and I can use my privilege for good or for evil, yep. right? Like, yep. I can get out of speeding tickets, or I can protect the community and fight fascism. Yeah. Uh, so I typically am the, like... I'm a basketball mom, not a soccer mom, mm-hmm. and a grandma. So I'm usually wearing some variant of like nice, nice lady, and I use that in quotes because nice white ladies are the worst. Yes, uh, <laughs> I need to talk to your manager. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that because I, I often end up interfacing with law enforcement, and I typically am not armed. And I'm typically mm-hmm. not, or at least not visibly armed, and mm-hmm. I'm not wearing a kit. So I'm like the uh, out there, not necessarily visible as a member of the club, but I always in, in actions where we've chosen to publicly brand, I'm usually wearing a John Brown cap and it was rainy as hell. So I was wearing <laughs> like I was wearing my hoodie. And so yeah. which has a gigantic John Brown gun club like circle on the back. Mm-hmm. So we don't cute. how undercover. Yeah. Of you. yeah, we were not very, like, no, we, we had nobody who was in the crowd secretly not identified as John Brown. We like intentionally. Those, well, they know that I know. So they then I know that they know. <laughs> Funnily right. enough, there was a member of from the other side, the three percenter side, that uh, tried to infiltrate Black Block um, by wearing a white surgical mask. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So it's like, okay, I mean, so obviously, what how we so presented many. events Sorry, isn't. I, my, my I know, name, just my, just oh, take embrace. Oh, oh God, <laughs> so dumb. We're lucky that they're so stupid. <laughs> so obviously, how we presented events is heavily dictated by how we get invited, right? Like, I yeah, think we've right. we've thrown exactly one public event. That we did on our well, not, and it wasn't even public. We we had one event that we planned and organized for, which was challenging for us to like. Oh, what do we do when it's us throwing this event? Like, oh, because <laughs> right, yeah. um, it was just like uh, all of our normal. And we we had invited some partners to join us in an event, but otherwise we're we're there at the request of whatever community organization has invited us, and we usually play by the rules that they have yeah. asked us to engage with. Mm-hmm. And you oh, know, sounds oddly respectful and right. Yeah, I mean, the one kind of <laughs> no go for us is we always we always brand in some capacity so people know who we are because again yeah. we're not hiding who we are right. yeah. and if you're not comfortable that we're not going to be your closet girlfriend so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like whether we are concealed carrying or open carrying or is usually mm-hmm. dictated by the people who've invited us mm-hmm. you know obviously because we're a gun club we don't come <laughs> to things unarmed (laughs) unless we're at a space where being armed is prohibited so for example when the three person and joey gibson had an event at the university of washington obviously Mm -hmm. we can't be armed on campus same deal at the university of michigan so we can have people like we had people escort groups up to the campus line who were armed and then some folks who were unarmed you know in different capacities but generally speaking because we are in fact a Gun club. Gun club. <laughs> we do come with the guns. Mm-hmm. Whether you know that or not is dependent on the dictates of the organization that invited us. If there was something about that protest on the 5th that you could change or 
So I'm, I adore diversity of tactics. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a firm believer that our tactics are not necessarily everybody's tactics. I think that's what pissed us off so much about the lady who was on like, this is not what we stand for. I'm like, yeah. lady, you don't get to pick who we is. Right. Like, yeah. We were there because we, the group who planned it, invited us. So <laughs> sure, go have your own protest. She's like, well, you were never at a women's march. I'm like, well, actually, we got invited to provide security at the women's march. Mm-hmm. We just couldn't make it work because we had two events on the same day. I would say, you know, because diversity of tactics um, the addition of the block presence was the difference between this year and prior years, right? Mm-hmm. So there was a group of, of block activists who came early and took the space that the three percenters had a permit for. And obviously, Fantastic. right, it was great. That's, that's great. great. And great they tactic, were right? only yeah. slightly on anarchy time because yeah. they <laughs> they rolled in really early in the day. Yes. And because we are an above ground organization, we respect them for their work, but we're not collaborating right. with them. So we don't right. necessarily know what they're intending to do. And so we were working off the timeline that CLAF gave for us to be there and when CLAF intended to start. Yes. Well, then CLAF decides that we need to move this up by an hour. And mm-hmm. then we're like, okay, we're, and we had already planned, we'd already moved it up internally ourselves an hour because we're like, we think that they're not being realistic. It's mm-hmm. as right. far as like, this is going to start earlier as far as when we need to be there. So internally, we had already made the, jo- the choice as a club to start earlier. Then they decided to start earlier. So our idea of let's get there an hour before them means now we're going to get there at the same time as them, which now mm-hmm. means like we're going to be late. Because of the security measures that we take for ourselves when we participate in actions like this where we're in full kit, it's really hard to get that sped up, right? particularly yeah. on a Sunday. And yeah, so yeah. the only thing that as, the, as one of the folks who got there early, given what my role is, in the rain and was miserable. <laughs> Driving there, I was like, "This is gonna. Twelve people are gonna be here because it was pouring. Yeah. It sucked. Like it was my, aggressively raining. My yeah. hoodie just dried out. Yeah. Like yeah. just dried out. So I would say the only thing that I wish, like, and that's hard to plan for. Like, I wish we could be more nimble in like being able to be there an hour before. I would have loved to have us be there an hour before we actually got there. Main contingent of our group got there just as SPD was pushing the block out of the square. I would have loved to have us had us set up before that happened in order to be able to ensure that our folks were safe while SPD was doing that because that is a very volatile time and also the three pros and proud boys were waiting for their police escort into their space. Yep. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of a dangerous time because they're all on the corner and yeah, they they're were, being allowed yeah. to come they're in. close to us. Right. Yeah. So yep. They think, were parking in the parking lot that we were standing in front of, yeah. which seems like a really poor choice on their hand. Well, again, so so that's the only thing as I wish. I wish that, like, but again, it's you know this from your partic- your participation in, in similar organizations. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's just hard to speed that timeline up right. day of. And yeah. that's just the realistic part like you know our membership did you get the uh, notice that they wanted to go an hour earlier the day of or like the day before no 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 no. like that 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 it it was reactionary to the block taking the space Gotcha, gotcha. so as soon as block took the space claff wanted to be present and try and maintain the space across the street and then SPD wouldn't let yeah. them stay there. And yeah. so thankfully we didn't get put in a pen. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would have loved to have had us set up at the same time Claft did. And part of that was just also reacting to when Block got there. Yeah. And again, you know, 
because of who we are, we can't necessarily coordinate with them. Right, and right. also, they run on anarchy time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that's probably the only thing that I would, would wish we we would have had the ability to be a little bit more nimble on the, yeah. our role in. Mm-hmm. It's, but, it, that's really hard. Like, we had a, an event uh, when the president came to Battle Creek for his Christmas uh, address. So mm-hmm. a number of us were at, at that. Mm-hmm. And the the organizers of that, of that march decided to start the march, like, just not part of the timetable they're just like okay we're marching now yeah. <laughs> and so several of us had to you know had to run essentially to like get past 100 people to get to the front of the group to make sure they weren't walking into a nest of proud boys yeah <laughs> so i think was... one of the things that we try and do is we try and have after action debriefs yeah, and really f- mm-hmm. diagnose what we could do differently what we could yeah. improve on what worked what didn't what because yeah. i think part of it is we're we're always looking to improve and grow and change right mm-hmm. you know because both with respect to all, to all aspects of our game. One of the things that yeah. we, we provide for people is a safe space to improve their firearm skills. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many folks have been to a gun range, <laughs> but they're terrible. I think they're varying oh, yeah. degrees of terrible. Yeah. yeah. I think Jazz, <laughs> Jazz said it the other day, like, we can tell you where it might be, like, the less terrible, yeah. but, yeah. The, mm. like, it's varying degrees. We, we do a lot of our training, like, out in the woods. And, yeah. 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 I mean, most of them are, you know, affiliated with the NRA, like, yeah. most. Of all them. of them yeah. are, I mean, yeah. pretty much all of them are affiliated with the NRA. Yeah. And then there's like, like if they have an event that's, there's, it's not open for people who aren't white men. Yeah. Like yeah, if yeah. they have an event, it's ladies night. Like, right. I was going to say the gun range uh, I used to go to had a ladies night. My yeah. wife right. and I would go because I'm very cheap. I'm <laughs> <laughs> very, very cheap. And ladies night meant You're that she got You're just anti-capitalist. Yes. <laughs> cheap I'm, I'm, and anti-capitalist <laughs> can go together. hand in hand. Yeah. yeah. Ladies yeah. night meant that women got free gun rentals. So we just had to pay the lane fee and ammunition. Yeah. Ladies' yeah. night means that you're rolling with like the Ann oh, Coulters of the world. So, and, but I'd also point every blocks. night there were three ladies there. <laughs> like, yeah, that no, was about I, it. I, as somebody who identifies as a woman, and is uh, you know, I I would like to be able to go to something where I don't need a special night. Yeah, and so yeah. I mean, as ah, w- I never thought about that. That's a very good point. Right. <laughs> so I mean, so one of the reasons we exist is to allow people to improve their firearm skills too. Mm-hmm. So. Just like we're always trying to improve our skills, we can always improve how it is that we provide safety and security at events. Mm-hmm. And we try and be thoughtful about that. And we're never perfect, right? There's always mistakes. There's always things you could do better. And mm-hmm. as an organization, you just need to keep keep that discussion going. Yeah. And then yeah. also we um, sponsor uh, uh scholarship for people who want to pursue nice. concealed carry licenses from minority and, and oppressed communities. Yeah, we've oh, talked wow. about that but haven't done it yet. Yeah, and we, we offered when people are publicly the victims of hate crimes, we reach out to them and offer them that uh, to take advantage of that. Um, which, that sounds like more than thoughts and prayers. Yeah, yeah thoughts and prayers. <laughs> uh, one of the things that we're trying to get more into is more uh, mutual aid. The Rhode Island John Brown Gun Club is phenomenal yep, at mutual do. aid, mm-hmm. and they do like a free store, and they're out there patrolling. Awesome. And they're yeah. also the folks who uh, provided first aid to anti-ice protesters when they were run mm-hmm. over by. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, so shout out to Rhode Island. You're awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one kind of one of the areas where we'd like to expand and grow. Uh, a, a related org to us, which is the, the Michigan uh, Socialist Rifle Association, just held a fundraiser where uh, they raised about $2,500 uh, for cold weather gear for um, people awesome. who, who aren't housed. And mm-hmm. what what they did is they partnered with a number of other mutual aid groups where it's like, okay, you know, you guys 
you folks over at Food Not Bombs and Care Cadre, like you know who where this can be put yeah. to the most use. So here's you know, tell us what you need, and we'll either give you the money or or buy it and yeah. give it to you. Yeah, you our know? local SRA is phenomenal at. Um, safety related trainings like doing yeah. stop yeah. the bleed and some yeah. of those things so oh, yeah, yeah they're it, actually uh they i reached out to them to uh, and they're providing a health care or health care the first aid class for uh my kickball league because we're a bunch Ooh. of drunken idiots who <laughs> sprain our ankles all the time and nobody knows what to do yeah i think you know <laughs> like, i don't know pour pbr on it does that make it better <laughs> yeah, I don't know. that decidedly does not make it better yeah. <laughs> and again that's one of those navigating spaces right as yeah. a as a gun club especially in Seattle where liberal ownership of mutual aid, even though it's viewed as charity, right? Like true mutual aid is right. just taking grassroots here. And, Solidarity, not charity. Right. Yeah. So in that that's a place where we're looking to expand. Yeah. Um, we participate in things that are educational. Uh, we had a pretty rocking table at the Anarchist Book Fair. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> and lots of uh, pepper sprayers, spicy boys, as we call yeah. them. Sorry, lots of pepper sprayers, spicy boys? Yeah. Uh, we <laughs> were big on the swag this year. Yeah. Okay. And we went all in. Uh, so one of our former members was uh, who, who passed away this last year was uh, big on the Anarchist Book Fair, and that was always his event. And so, yeah. so we kind of none of us could individually replace him, so right. we kind of formed a committee. And if you'd asked me a year and a half ago, like, what would I be excited about, the Anarchist Book Fair? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! But like we all individually without telling each other went all in on swag. So nice. we had like a bajillion stickers and awesome. somebody brought individual use pepper sprays. So That's spicy great. boys. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and zines and yeah. like people were like, what are you, where can we give you a donation? Like all free. Yeah. We yeah. went Stay. insane. Stay. Yeah. Off color decal has gotten many, many dollars from us yeah. for our stickers. P.S. Yeah. If you are looking for somebody to print stickers, off color decal. Yep. They do. Phenomenal. Great work. Yeah. So, like, that's 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 an off color decal. There you go. And that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, like, that's kind of the space we're into is, is just providing mm -hmm. information to people. We did yeah. a firearms 101 training at that mm -hmm. event, uh, which was at the Vero Project. And mm -hmm. we, it was our first time doing fire. I, I actually call it Firearms 98 because they don't allow guns in the space, <laughs> uh. <laughs> which is fine. We had we had we had members outside providing security yeah. who were yeah. armed, concealed carrying. Right. But we did a Firearms 98 class yeah. <laughs> uh, for communities who are interested in in knowing about firearms issues. And I think we actually had some folks who who uh, expressed interest in membership after that. So yeah. that's the, that's kind of cool. the, the variety of things that we do mm -hmm. outside of our more visible tradition. I feel like uh, the protest last weekend was our bread and butter traditionally yeah. who we yeah. are. Like yeah. that's that's what we're most known for. But in the last year. It had been a, a year and a month since we had done a big protest full kit, mm. yeah. so it was it was like oh this it was getting back to who we are after I mean we had a we had a um, our last year was very interesting, fast paced, mm -hmm. and complicated for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it was nice to have a big event with a large contingency of our club present. We've, you know, we've grown as an organization numerically. Mm -hmm. um, the vast majority of our membership who was present that day had uh, been members, been made members in the last year. Mm -hmm. So there were a couple of folks who were from from you know the 
old guard, and yeah. I use old guard in quotes because it's really hard to say 2017 is old right. guard. Yeah. <laughs> but ah, was, the founding members. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, hey, we pulled this off without, you know, Rev and Fozzie and Duke. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> so it was, it was nice That's to great. see, like, because mm-hmm. the survival of these organizations involves not calcifying either, right? right? Yeah. You can't right. have founder syndrome. You have yep. to have people who are willing to take up the banner and do the work and mm-hmm. all of us being able to do it. And that's one of the great things about an organization that doesn't have a hierarchy in, in the yeah. traditional sense is yeah. that you can be a member for a year or three yep. weeks and be yep. taken on a leadership role. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Passing ja- those things around really helps combat burnout, I think. Yeah, absolutely. That's something I, yeah. that I appreciated, too, about joining. Yeah, yeah, so Jazz is one of our newer but not new members, mm-hmm. and <laughs> she took on a very phenomenal role in the planning and leadership phase. And so, awesome. like, you don't have to be a, a two-year member to have an, right. or, a role and be an anchor or be a lead. So, I mean, for us, like, I really enjoyed it because it was like, okay, I, I jokingly said it's like, it's one of my favorite events every year. Mm-hmm. And a successful day for us is for it to be boring. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, it was a <laughs> phenomenal success in the sense that it was generally boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the atrocious behavior of the Seattle Police Department after our protest was done mm-hmm. was a whole separate story. Right. And we understand that that. The officer who shoved the senior citizen lady to the ground is under um, Office of Professional uh, Accountability Review. So okay, good. That's, go so OPA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there should be some consequences. Yeah. So that that's awesome. Um, so it was good to kind of get back to our roots. Is like, okay, this is who we are when we like roll in full kit, all yeah, that business. Yeah. And yeah. then you know this we have a hopping weekend this weekend where yeah. we're gonna we're doing this show and then we're gonna I'm going to go do a vetting interview and then we have nice. a, a range day and <laughs> so we're we're all over the place and it's nice yeah. to have that connection you know part of what it part of what this club does is it provides a space for like-minded people who don't necessarily have their tribe right yeah, absolutely because again if you believe in the things that we believe in typically gun ownership is not part of that yeah and yeah. and our membership has a wide degree of background so there's mm-hmm. a fair number of us who grew up in rural areas who grew up in gun culture who didn't fit there anymore with respect Mm -hmm. to what our personal and political beliefs are. Mm -hmm. There are other people who come from non-gun ownership who have come to believe that it's important for community defense and, you know, we protect us. And Mm -hmm. so it's it's nice to have that cadre of, of folks. And, you know, we've... Like we've had some like purely social events where mm-hmm. like everybody's in my backyard and yeah. my house is the friggin' clubhouse now. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, we we've been talking about that recently. We had a social just last week with uh, a different org, and uh, you know there was a little bit of tension there because people thought, well, is 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 it okay for us to do an event where we're not like helping other people? <laughs> Can we have just a social event? Yeah, we, <laughs> yes, we, yes, yes, that's, that's important yes. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like camaraderie and building those relationships. Yeah. Important. We had a pub. We had a tactical pub crawl. Nice. <laughs> tactical pub crawl sounds amazing. Well, we also like we use um, tactical binge drinking. <laughs> it was a chance to practice radio skills. Yeah, yeah. that's a very that's good. Great. Point. That's, that's very great. Good point. Right, so there, like you can you can practice radio skills in a fun way, or you can yeah. pack, practice radio skills boring. We decided yeah. to be fun. That's a great, great idea. idea. Yeah, love it. And love so, it. you know, that's that's one of the, the so it's also nice to have this network of people who share your ideals and their yeah, your values and absolutely. and who, especially in a place like Seattle and the greater I-5 corridor where the two the two things of gun ownership and, and progressive beliefs and, and leftist beliefs don't necessarily go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my day job, uh, we had hired a, two new employees and one of them was like, I'm not sure how I'm going to tell my work that I'm a socialist. And I rolled in with my John Brown hoodie. And she's like, well, no, nope, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no worries here. Like, oh, right. I'm like, oh, by the way, we're going to court to get an order with Nazis. So just yeah. come on in. <laughs> 
Well, I want to thank everyone here for their time. Uh, if anybody who's listening wants to get a hold of John Brown Gun Club, what's the best way to go? About well, that? the Puget Sound John Brown Gun Club loves our socials. So okay. uh, we have a Twitter account, the Puget Sound John Brown Gun Club. It's also just spicy and fun. We oh, have a lovely. We have a Facebook page. We have a website uh, that has a pretty prolific blog where you'll find there's some pretty lengthy um, explanations of who the three percenters are and why mm-hmm. it is that we um, don't believe that they're the rights version of us. You know, people ask us all the time, like, well, we used to kind of have this detente relationship with them where we would, like I said, have these exchanges and try and communicate with them and have some back channel communications with them that kind of as they've doubled down on supporting people like Matt Shea, as they've gone on Infowars, that kind of exploded. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that that detente is over. We are public about who we who we will align ourselves with. We encourage them for a year and a half to stop hanging out with Joey Gibson's of the world, stop doubling down yeah. on Matt Shea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when they chose not to, you know, we've had a, a, a that that willingness to dialogue with them had to the door had to close right yeah yeah like and that's okay but um we explained why we went that way in detail Mm -hmm. on our on our facebook page and Mm -hmm. on our um twitter account and on our website so Mm -hmm. and it's also just a good source of information about who we are what we do what we believe in awesome um okay well uh i'd like to plug um the uh, Caribbean restaurant down the street. It's really good. Uh, that's my ad for the day. Go eat Caribbean food, people. Uh, Alrighty then. Yeah. Uh, meaningless ads. <laughs> All ads meaningless. Yeah. I would uh, like to plug not raining and sunshine. No, no, not even sunshine. Just not raining. Not raining. Yeah. And okay. uh, for those of us who have small childlike hands, <laughs> uh, as much as I love my SIG, come on, people, have another more affordable option for those of us who have tiny hands. Yeah. 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 No, I, like I said, the the more the most entertaining part of being full kitted in action is watching cops have yeah. weapons envy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they just had giant sticks, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The dowel rods with the, yeah. the plastic on it. Yeah. And you know, our membership includes you know original first round of the now what three deep military actions in uh the gulf, gulf yeah. right so we have we yeah. have persian gulf one veterans we have veterans who are more recent at mm-hmm. afghanistan iraq, iraq War two, yeah iraq boogaloo right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so like we have some we have some highfalutin gun nerds yeah and yeah. we spend a lot of time on gun chat yeah like just but again it's really important to like it's not just like who has the best piece right but it's right. oftentimes in the discussion of what's most affordable what's right. more most realistic what is best for you and also what is best for the intention of community protection right because right? we're not you know we're not target shooting for the sake of target shooting right. so right. i think that that's one of the fun parts about um organizational membership is that you, you have the space to have those conversations where you don't Definitely. sound like a total whack-a-mole yeah, yeah, with yeah. your like <laughs> well what do you have and I right. like uh, especially in a state where there are you know pretty strict rules about mm. now about where you store weapons and, yeah, and yeah. firearms like you know there are those of us who have more and bigger space and those who have smaller right. space and one of the benefits of being in an organization is you can have somebody store, safely store your 12 long guns right. that you can't yeah. put in your apartment absolutely because uh, yeah. somebody will have a gun safe big enough for that yep yeah yeah okay well thank you very much that was awesome i really appreciate you t- make it taking time to come uh chat with us Thanks you are most welcome you. sweet yes. well john brown's body lies molding in the green I'll weep the sons of bondage whom he ventured out to save And though he lost his life, 
and his struggle to free the slaves, his truth is marching on. John Brown's body lies molding in the grave. John Brown's body lies molding in the grave. John Brown's body lies molding in the grave, but his truth still marches on. John Brown was a hero, undaunted, true, and brave. Kansas knew his valor when he fought her rights to save. And now, though the grass grows green above his grave, his truth still marches on. John Brown's body lies molding in the grave. John Brown's body lies molding in the grave. John Brown's body lies molding in the grave, but its truth still marches on. He captured Harper's Ferry with his 19 men so few, and he frightened over Jenny till she trembled through and through. They hung him for a traitor, themselves a traitorous crew, but its truth still marches on. He's gone to be a soldier in the army of the Lord. He's gone to be a soldier in the army of the Lord. He's gone to be a soldier in the army of the Lord. And his truth still marches on. John Brown was John the Baptist for the Christ we are to see. Christ of whom the bondsman shall the liberator be. And soon throughout the sunny south, the slaves were all set free, and his truth went marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth went marching on. The conflict that he heralded, he looks down from heaven to view On the army of the Union with its flag red, white, and blue And heaven shall ring with anthems or the deeds they mean to do For his truth still marches on Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah His truth still Oh, soldiers of freedom, then strike while strike you may. The death blow of oppression for a better time and way. But the dawn of old John Brown has brightened us today, and his truth is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory. His truth still marches on. He's gone to be a soldier in the army of the Lord. He's gone to be a soldier in the army of the Lord. He's gone to be a soldier in the army of the Lord. And his truth still marches on. Glory, glory. Glory, glory, hallelujah.
glory. Hallelujah is true. 